The reading is taken from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 to 31. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear, and it was so. God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth and it was so God made two great lights the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night he also made the stars God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness and God saw that it was good And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the waters teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the lamb produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. 
God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made. And it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. It's a year ago since um, Andy Atkins joined us and we had a focus on creation and we um, had lunch uh, over at Lonsmead. And for a few months leading up to that, our sustainability group had begun to get going. So it's amazing to be here a year further on and to hear about what has been happening, and to recognise just what we have been able to do. So I've asked Jane if she might come. I've lost Jane. There, fantastic. And Jane's just going to share a little bit of of an update as to what's been happening and some of the things that are still to be. Um, So over to you, Jane. As Debbie said, it's great to have um, Andy Atkins from Arosha with us today. Last time Andy was with us, he spoke at uh, the service as part of our sustainability weekend. And that was a quite an important um, milestone in our sustainability journey, which had begun sort of some months before. And he joined us as, as, as part of a service, spoke to us, and then joined us for a sustainable lunch um, afterwards. And we're really grateful that he's come along today to present our first Eco Award, which we've been working towards well before that, uh, before that weekend and, and since then as well. But first of all, it seemed a good opportunity to let you know what's been going on um, in some cases behind the scenes that you might not be aware of in terms of sustainability as we seek to, I guess, discharge our responsibility in in respect of being good stewards of of God's earth. A few few things to to mention. We've overhauled the lighting at Lawnsmead. We've now got fully um, LED lighting at Lawnsmead. And that was done a few months ago, and that makes us much more um, energy efficient, which is great. We've done quite a lot in respect of communications and really trying to step up getting the word out there on on sustainability and and what it looks like for us and what it could look like for for individuals as well. So we've got a sustainability leaflet now on the board in in the porch, so do grab one of those if you haven't seen them already. We've got a sustainability website um, as well, a web page on the website, and hopefully those of you who get the local magazine will have seen we had a sustainability focus there as well so um, Debbie focused her her letter on on the subject of caring for creation and then we had an article further on um, in the magazine and a bookmark as well so I hope you're all using your bookmarks um, which was really a way of 
just sharing with the local community a little bit about what we're doing, pointing them to where they can find some further information, um, but also just giving people some very simple and easy, hopefully easy to follow tips on how they can be more sustainable and do their bit to um, care for the earth in their everyday lives. So hopefully most of you have seen that and I, I guess there might be some um, magazines at the back if you haven't um, had one of those already. Very excitingly, I had the opportunity to visit the Thursday morning congregation back in July um, at the invitation of Brenda Morley who organises and manages the, the seniors ministry and she wanted me to come along and, and share a little bit about what we've been doing in, in the church. So I, I spoke a little bit about you know, the importance of sustainability from a Christian perspective and why I believe it's, it's relevant um, for, for us to take, particular, to take it particularly seriously. And we, I shared some of what we've been doing and then we had a really great discussion around what they as a group might be able to do to contribute and just you know, other ideas about what we can do as a church. And they were really enthused and I was really encouraged by how engaged they were with the topic. And what they are doing now, that, that group, um, under the leadership of Nora Morden and Liz Tilly, is putting together a, a booklet of tips on, um, on how we can be more sustainable, particularly in respect of food and not wasting food and um, using leftovers and, and, and all that sort of thing. And in fact, it's, in the, it's been in the newsletter, news sheet for the last couple of weeks around requests for ideas or tips. So do get in touch with Nora or Liz. If, have, a, have a little read of that, and if you think you've got anything to contribute to that booklet then they would love to hear from you but it's really exciting to have them you know really involved and getting on board with with what we've been doing we did a churchyard working party so thinking in terms of the the, the land that we are so blessed to have um, around the church we did a churchyard um, working party back in in march i think it was where we built bug hotels and a bucket pond and we sectioned off and um, some bits of the churchyard to not be where the grass would not be cut so that it could become um, more of a habitat for local insects various other bits and pieces we had loads of people i think turn up to that and it was a really really fun and enjoyable and productive um, morning so since then we've been trying to um, kind of keep keep on top of that really and keep making improvements if you haven't already had a, or haven't recently had a look out uh, at the front here. Thew Tan has basically given that flower bed out there a massive makeover and it looks absolutely beautiful. And there's some beautiful flowers there that are providing a, a great habitat for bees and butterflies and, and other insects. So do go and have a look at that. And we've also, we've had the Surrey Wildlife Trust um, come in and have a look at our situation here, the, the kind of trees and flowers and stuff that we have. And they have just given us a, an initial report on what more we could do to, to nurture local wildlife. So we're going to be looking at that in a bit more detail. Malcolm Pickering has been um, heading that up. And next Saturday morning, Saturday the 30th, we're going to have another working party here. Um, I know it's the same morning as the men's breakfast, but that starts at 8.30? 8. 8. 8 till 9.30. We don't start at 10.30, so there's plenty of time to do it all. So do come along next Saturday bring what the tools you happen to have. We're going to do some bulb planting. We're going to sort out the compost um, around the back. We might do a little bit of, of weeding, some strimming, that kind of thing. It'd be great to have as many hands on deck as possible to continue to really look after our churchyard and make sure it's a, um, a welcoming place, not just for people, but for, for wildlife as well. So do come along to that if you can. A few other things in the, in the pipeline, which obviously I can report back on in more detail in, in future weeks. One is we're looking at getting some bike tracks installed um, in, in the car park. So we're just looking at options for that and costs for that, but that's something we hope to have up and running by next year, if not before. We're looking at what more we can do to um, encourage more recycling. We've made quite good um, steps in that area, but there's more we could do. 
We're also looking at whether we can bring a sustainability element into some of our mission support. So watch this space. We'll, we're still working on that. And as always, if anybody else, we've got a team of about six or eight people who are regularly involved and in taking responsibility for, for one or more elements of what we're doing. But we're always open to, to ideas or to anybody else coming on board. So if it's something that interests you um, or something you think you've got an idea for, then, then please do come and talk to me. I'd love to. I'd love it to be, you know, continue to be, you know, a, a whole church uh, initiative that everyone feels they can enter into. So all of this and more has earned us a bronze eco award, and that's what Andy is going to come and present um, to us now, and he'll tell us a bit more about the eco church scheme, why, why, why he sees fit to give us an award. Andy Atkins then presented the award before going on to speak to the congregation. What we're trying to do is that churches see caring for creation as part of their normal mission and as very supportive of evangelism, of helping the poor in the local community, of reaching out to youth, um, which, it, which it definitely is yeah. and, it, and is proving to be the case. Um, but we're going beyond that now with a program for Christian landowners and land managers. There are many Christian conference centres uh, in this country with land that they could manage better for nature, mm -hmm. but with also large numbers of Christians going through them, and non-Christians, often on retreats, doing activities, and so on. So we're now building a network of those to manage their land for nature, but also teach the people coming through and help them re-engage in nature. Uh, we've got eight uh, already on board with that. We're aiming to double that in the next couple of years. Um, we're also then managing our own little nature reserves. We've got an urban one and a rural one. We're never going to be the RSPB and the National <laughs> Trust and own loads and loads of land. We're a tiny little charity. But we're blessed with a very urban uh, reserve in Southall, where our office is, very multicultural, rough part of West London, and then a rural reserve um, in, in Essex uh, on the River Stour there. And we're trying to use those to demonstrate what the church community can do by way of conservation, mm -hmm. working with the local community, local volunteers, often people with disabilities, um, people with very tough backgrounds, um, to help them re-engage in nature, but also provide a service to the wider local community. And that's going really well. Uh, we've just opened our SX1 in May. Uh, had 300 people turned up for the opening. The, already a local volunteer group, Christian and non-Christian, is getting going, so it's proving a real outreach yeah. uh, opportunity as well. Brilliant. And then lastly, individuals and families. You know, we all know, uh, even if we care a lot about the environment, sometimes it's hard to know what to do. Yeah. Um, we're trying to make it much, much easier for people. So we're launching a program for individuals and families early next year. We've already got the basics of that. Um, if you already get our monthly e-news, you will see there's eco-tips in that. There's ideas of things you can do in your own home and family and a bit of guerrilla gardening down the street maybe. Um, but we want to prevent, uh, present a much bigger program for people, yeah. which, it, which would be like the eco-church for individuals yeah. and families, yeah. if you like. Yeah, so that nice. we will roll out in the spring. Um, and if anybody wants to uh, get the e-news that's already available, all you need to do is, um, I think there's a little uh, leaflet in your um, packs as you came in. Um, just fill in the, the, your details on the back of that and give it to me at the back of church and I'll make sure you get the monthly e-news. It's free. We won't bug you for money all the time. Um, uh, and by that, we can already start to give you things you can do in your own home as well as keep you up to date on Eco Church uh, nationally. Yeah. Okay. I get the newsletter and it's great actually because it's, uh, it's a great mix of ways to get involved, um, general kind of news about the environment um, and you know, specific things that Arosha was doing. So I'd 
uh, and I don't feel bugged or... Good. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely would recommend signing up um, for that Thank if you're you. interested. Well done to you again. Thanks very much. <laughs>